I'm Mark Adams and welcome to episode 4 of Mark's Mess Podcast, where with my daughters, Charlotte, Catherine, we look at the world of geekery using the alphabet as our guide, but not this time. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Where we're having a special episode because it is the centenary of the start of the Battle of the Somme. But first of all, we have had feedback. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. No, 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 that's not a dun, dun, dun. It's, it's not dun, really. Dun, dun. It's not. A sh- like, let's just look at the feedback. Okay, thank you to all those that have given us uh, a bit of feedback. Episode two. Do you remember back in episode two where you did the opening for Britishness? Yes. And what did you do? We talked like this. We met- <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't. We talked like this. We talked like this, you all. <laughs> we talked like this. Very poshly, didn't you, Catherine? Yo, yo. Anyway, uh, Professor Allen of Relatively Geeky Podcast, he wrote on our Twitter feed, best cold open ever. But we were warm. Okay, cold open is where before the credits roll, before we have the mu- the music and me going, hi, this is Mark Adams with Mark's Mess Podcast. You've never heard our theme music, have you? But... It was for the letter B, and maybe this puts us in Professor Allen's awards. Good books. Yeah, he might remember us when it comes to his awards. Do you, would you like an award from Professor Allen? What's that? What do you get? Oh, wait, what do you get? What do you get? You get Professor Allen saying our name <laughs> and saying we've won something. <laughs> I wow. Thought, I, I, said that we get I don't him. think we're going to get one with your attitude. Daddy, wow. I thought you were going to say that we get him. We get a Professor Allen of our own? Okay, that's interesting anyway for uh for a podcast on the letter c we had john adams who uncle john John. he has started to listen to this podcast he's not really into geeky stuff nerdy stuff yes but not geeky stuff (laughs) he writes this in the twitter feed i laughed so much at geek letter b and i'm loving geek letter c so he likes you a lot and he hashtags us great way to cheer up so you've cheered up Uncle John. Um, those are people who replied to us on our Twitter feed. What is our Twitter feed, Catherine? At the Mark Smith podcast without the T because it went on holiday to Spain, yeah. Okay. Also, we had somebody called Gary on the Blogspot site. He writes this. Excellent podcast. I do enjoy listening to you three discuss your interests. I have favorited your promo on my podcatcher. And quote, Where's my fiver? I smile every time. Please keep these coming. So thank you very much, Gary. I did reply to you on the, the podcast, uh, the, on the blog spot. And Charlotte, where can you find our uh, webpage? Marksmesspodcast.blogspot.com. Anyway. Oh, where is my fiver? Shush. <laughs> shush. Don't bring that up again. Okay. And also in our Facebook page, which can be found at Marksmess Podcasts with the T. And, and an S at the end as well. Yeah. Anyway, we had Al Sedano. <laughs> For the letter B, I did put on Facebook uh, the question, what's your favourite geekery beginning with B to see what feedback we got? And Al Sedano, he said, pretty much anything by Bruce Tim, which I thought was a really good answer. Who's Bruce Tim? Bruce Tim is, well, I know mainly through the cartoons. You know the Justice League Unlimited cartoon no. we have? DVD? Uh, yes. With Supergirl and the Silver Guy yes. and the Arrow yeah. Guy. Yes. 
Yes. He he basically came up with the design for that. Started off with a Batman animated cartoon, which Batman. was really good. Batman. Then a Superman one. Do you like Batman? I am Batman. <laughs> yeah, wow. I yeah. am Batman. I am Batman. Well, that, you're Batman on the toilet. I'm Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. He also, also did Batman of the Future, Batman Beyond. Batman. Which was set in the future, the a cross and between beyond. cross between Batman and Iron Man, and they did Justice League, and they've done quite a lot of that. But Bruce Tim was one of the ones who designed the look of it. It was really, really good. We'll <laughs> yeah. have to get a few of those series out sometime. Thank you very much, Al Sedano. I really hope I'm saying your name right. And Al Sedano, if you recognise the name, it's from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podca- podcast. And Thanos I've- podcast. Thanos, you know the big guy at the end of the Avengers movie? He goes, no, it's my turn. No. You'll know him in the next uh, movie. Adam Warlock is also a cosmic character in, in Marvel oh, as well. Oh, stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about the owl. This. We haven't even got started to the good bit. The good <laughs> bit? <laughs> Thank you for those people who did contact us. And we do enjoy oh, getting the yeah. feedback. And the girls do deserve it, don't you? Yeah. We did our chocolate. Uh, if you want fibers. to send chocolate and fivers, because I'm really fast running out of fivers. But if you also want to contact us by those means or by our email at mymarksmess at gmail.com. It's not your marksmess, it's his. His marksmess at gmail.com. Really? So anyway, at the start I said we were a very special podcast. 100 years since the start of the Battle of the Somme in the First World War. It's an important thing for us to not, not celebrate but commemorate. But I thought it would be a good idea to talk to you about comic books, and comic books aren't just about superheroes. You get comic books about everything. Well, comics are a medium, not a genre. And comics can be used to tell any story. That's a great medium to use because you can use your imagination with the pictures. I mean, you two read things that are a bit like comics, but they don't have the pictures. What are they called? Books. Books. Yes, you've got those. But I've read comics over the years that have been true to life stories, not necessarily true stories. First time I came across it was Gareth Ennis's Troubled Souls about life in Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. But, but there are many. But there are many war comics as well. DC had their Sergeant Rock. Uh, Marvel had Sergeant. Marvel had Sergeant Fury, as in Nick Fury, Fury. stories of him in the Second World War. And there are more realistic ones like the Nam in the... The Nam. The Nam. Well, it was short for Vietnam. Vietnam was a a war or a police action that American soldiers were uh, got into in the 60s, 70s. In the Second World War, the average age of a soldier was 21. In Vietnam, it was 19. So they went there quite young. They were drafted. That means that the American the- government said, you go, you go, you go. In the First World War, there were some women and little boys in it. Like teenage boys. Yeah. They well, disguised themselves as men. One of the youngest soldiers to be killed was around 14. 14. He disguised himself as an 18-year-old. Yeah, and the story we'll read later on is about a boy who was 16 who lied about his age going into the war. If you want to hear about the NAM, there is the NAM podcast. Sounds like you're saying NAM in a really bad Northern Irish accent. NAM. The NAM. The NAM. The NAM. The NAM. And we'll play the promo for that during our break. 
comic we're going to be looking at is Charlie's War from the 70s. And it was from Battle, which is like boys' own adventure stories. The writer is Pat Mills, who wrote Slain and Nemesis. Um, Slain being fantasy, Nemesis being sci-fi. He was one of the main people in 2000 AD. 2000 AD was a, is a British weekly comic, more grown up than the Beano. Mm-hmm. And it has science fiction and fantasy stories in it. Um, one of them would have been Bad Company, which was about future war, but very much like World War Three. World well, <laughs> probably beyond that, but very much like the First World War. Charlie's War is a story about a sixteen-year-old who lied about his age, and his first battle was a battle of the Somme. And you see war through his eyes, a point of view character. Well, you, you see, see it the what way he sees. you see what he sees. You experience what he experiences. What does the second bit mean? Uh, point of view character. You're seeing his point of view. But if you tell a story about uh, something that happened to you, that's your point of view. So, like, if, like, there's a wee Scooby thing. Or, like, if there's, you know, the Tom Gates book? No. Explain. It's, like, about a boy called Tom Gates. Mm-hmm. You may have to explain more. it's kind of like his diary thing. Yeah, that'll be his point of view. It depicts war not as heroic, but with heroes in it, and uses real events to tell the story. It depicts even the last cavalry charge that the British Army ever was. Cavalry is about... It's horses. Oh, I thought it was like, um, you know, um, the fish eggs. A caviar. A caviar (laughs) charge. I also thought of Cadbury. No, uh, the last time horses were used by the British Army uh, in war was during the Battle of the Somme, much later than the start of the Somme. So let's go through a few facts about the Battle of the Somme. It went from the 1st of July 1916 to the 18th of November, lasted 141 days. It was the largest loss of life in battle the British Army ever had. It was trench warfare, where you dug a hole in the ground, a long hole in the ground, and that's where you stayed. You put your head up, put your gun up, and you shot from there. It was, I think it was two, one and a one and three quarters meters down, and then down a bit more. There was little like places where you sat. Mm-hmm. That's right. In the Battle of the Somme, over a million people died. That is a huge amount of people. The countries, many countries. The Empire countries, there was a British Empire at the time, uh, Australia, Canada, Newfoundland, which is a separate country, New Zealand, South Africa, United Kingdom and France were in it, as well as the Germans. On the first day of the Somme, which was probably one of the bloodiest, 60,000 people got injured. 20,000 people died. That means every three seconds between two and three people died during during that first day of fighting. How many people were in it? Lots. At the end of the whole five months, do you know how much ground the British forces gained? About a mile or two. Two miles. If they continued on at that rate towards Berlin... They wouldn't have enough men. They, w- they wouldn't have had enough men and they'd still be fighting now. Mm-hmm. But it's quite shocking. It was not the best of times. We're going to be reading about Charlie's point of view of the very first uh, minutes of the Battle of the Somme. So it's going to be six pages long and two parts to the story. Just before they go over the top, going over the top was what they called going out of the trenches. Then his first moments in no man's land. 
The reason we're interested in it is because we do another podcast called John Adams Letters from the Front, and we'll play a promo for that as well. And it's about my grandfather, the girl's great-grandfather, and his experiences in the First World War. He missed out on the Somme because he was injured. He's lucky. He is. He nearly lost his hand, but he was very fortunate, and we wouldn't be here what, if he was. What part of his hand did you lose? It was his left hand, the innards of his hand. You mean, like, is that the palm? The palm, fingers? the palm. So, like, there? Uh, and it got infected badly. And find out more on John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. We are going to take a break before we go into that story. And we'll play a few promos. We'll play one for the John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. We'll play one for Resurrections podcast. <laughs> we'll play one for the NAM podcast. And we'll play one for uh, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun, who are doing War is Hell series about comic books that are set in war as well. Highly recommend that from Kyle. Okay, so we'll see you after the break. Goodbye. Adios. In 1915, the world went to war. Nations in Europe met across muddy fields in a conflict that stretched across empires, across the world. This is in history books. John Adams' story of the First World War is found in the letters he wrote back home to his mother. John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast presents these letters a hundred years after they were written. Follow John Adams' story through joining the army, training and deployment on the Western Front, through his hopes and fears, frustrations and injuries. We see the personal side of a global conflict. You can find John Adams' Personal Journey podcast every month on johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters or on iTunes under John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. These are his words, read by his grandchildren and narrated by his great-grandchildren. In February 2014, a new podcast dedicated to the Marvel Comics character, Adam Warlock, debuted. And the internet broke in half. Well, not really. Far from it, to be honest. But a few of you actually noticed, and we thank you for that. Over the course of 2014, we covered all of Adam's Silver Age adventures and have started on his Bronze Age solo series, as well as his current appearance in two Thanos specials. But it's time for a change. So I'm sad to announce that episode 20 will be the last episode of Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. However, I am pleased to announce that in 2015, we will premiere the first episode, which we will call Episode 21, of Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Yes, the show is continuing, but now with more Thanos. Each month we have John M. Wilson on as we cover an issue of Warlock, and the other episode of the month we will continue to have Brian Zeno on to cover Thanos' appearances, starting with Captain Marvel 25. So join us in 2015 for Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Now with 20% more Thanos. We 
In Country has re-upped for another tour and we've been reassigned. Now you can find this complete look at Marvel Comics The Nom on the Two True Freaks Network. So join me, Tom Panneries, for In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics The Nom, every two weeks at twotruefreaks.com. Hi, I'm Kyle Benning, and I love comics. In fact, I love them so much that I ramble on about them on a number of podcasts, all on one feed, found under the King Size Comics Giant Size Fun banner. I talk about comics with extra page counts, like Treasury Comics, Prestige Format Books, DC's Dollar Comics, Marvel's Giant Size Specials and King Size Daniels, and much, much more. I also love to talk about DC's Christ on Multiple Earth crossovers, free comics from Special Promos, Free Comic Book Day, Star Wars, My Life as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, random comic book back issues, and many other elements of geek culture that happen to strike my fancy. There's new content usually dropping at least once a week, and it's all found on one feed. You can subscribe via iTunes. Just search for King Size Comics Giant Size Fun in the iTunes Store or podcast app on your iPhone. Otherwise, you can follow the podcast at the King Size Comics Giant Size Fun blog headquarters. Available at www.kingsizecomicsgiantsizefun.blogspot.com. That's all one word. Kingsizecomicsgiantsizefun.blogspot.com. Or follow on Facebook by simply searching for King Size Comics Giant Size Fun. So for snappy review and discussions on comics, new and old, usually done from the front seat of my car or my lunch break at work, check out King Size Comics Giant Size Fun. Are we sitting comfortably? Maybe. Yes. Okay, then we'll begin. Charlie's War. This is from the first of the graphic novels that go from the 2nd of June 1916 to the 1st of August 1916. So it covers uh, over the psalm. Charlie is a fictional character. It's nearly dawn on the 1st of July. Charlie is woken up by Ginger saying that it's nearly time to die. Who's Ginger? Ginger's one of the other soldiers and you'll hear lots of names and they're all going to be the other soldiers. The trench is full. The men are worried about going over the top in broad daylight. They thought they would have the cover of dawn. The German line was still being bombarded by shelling and shooting. Later on, at 7.30, Charlie witnesses the first wave of them going over the top. Soldiers from the East Surrey are kicking footballs across no man's land and are hit by the German machine guns. In the trench, Ginger asks Charlie what flowers he'd like on his grave, and this conversation makes some nervous. The second and third wave are pouring out of the trenches, and the men have been told to walk and not run. It's like going through a rainstorm where a drop of rain meant death and cruel injury. In Charlie's trench, the men watch. Big Mick gives Charlie a handmade jumper right there. Right? In no man's land, soldiers cry for help but he is told to wait for the stretcher bearers. With one minute to go in Charlie's trench, Toots starts to panic and wants to escape. The other men calm him down, knowing that if he does not go over the top, he will be shot by an officer. Finally, the officer shouts, Over the top! So those are the first three pages. It's quite a dense story. There's a lot happening in it. And in the background of these two episodes is a letter from Charlie's brother back in England. And I can imagine that John Adams, your great-granddad, 
he got letters like this as well maybe even from his brother and they're asking you know talking about things like the football you know what's happening at home and later on in the second episode he even asks Charlie if he's killed any Germans yet an excited like type of boy type person what do you think about the Surrey Regiment kicking football across that actually happened there's uh, footballs are in some museum somewhere Christmas Day sometime in what year was it what Christmas Day in 1914 they had a football match with the Germans yes but yeah. this was slightly different this was to encourage the soldiers to go across no man's land if they had a football in front of them they might chase it really yeah yes like teasing the dog with his tablet yeah it's a bit like that and the trenches were packed that night do you think they got much sleep no I don't think they would get much sleep any night. There was bombardment for several days beforehand trying to destroy the German lines so they get through, but that didn't work. Anyway, let's go to part two. The infantry has been attacking for less than half an hour. Already there are thousands dead. There were 20,000 dead by the end of this day. What's the infantry? Infantry is basically the army that walks. If there were the cavalry, they'd be the army that... Red horses. Red horses. And on this day, there was horses ready to go across no man's land, but they never got that far. What's the point in bringing horses over? Well, cavalry has been an age-old way of fighting war. Mm. It's th- this is a the weird Normans war. Did it. Pardon? The Normans did it. Yeah, it, it's a weird war because it starts off with horses and ends up with tanks. It, it's really changed the way we do war. Is there tanks in Mobile One? Yep, that's how they came about. Do you know why they're called I thought, tanks? I thought it was just like all airplanes and tanks in World War II. No, do you know why they're called tanks? Because they were a secret weapon and they were shipped over to France on crates that said they were water tanks. They were so also called like wheels and all other types of They had all, all sorts of names, but tanks the one that stayed. Anyway, back to the story. The Germans use machine guns and Charlie and his friends move forward. Lieutenant Thomas, the officer, decides that the men shouldn't walk across no man's land, but they should keep low and make short bursts forward. That is how the British Army always did it. They'd stand in a line and they'd walk forward, even though the people in front of you were shooting at you, which is a daft thing to do. I was talking to a man who knew people who were in the Falklands War, which was 30 just over 30 years ago and they were British Army was still doing it then in the 80s that's just madness now you expect them to sort of crouch low and go across Charlie is scared dashing across the 200 yards it could have been 200 miles a wounded man grabs for him and pleads for help but but help won't come Charlie's platoon makes it to the German trenches but meets stern resistance Toots is caught up in the barbed wire and just short of the trench. Before the platoon can stop the German machine gunners, he is gunned down and killed. The men fight their way through the trench, but the Germans have a flamethrower. What's a flamethrower? Flamethrower is basically a weapon that shoots flames at you. So it's got sort of highly pressured um, petrol or some flammable liquid that shoots out with a flame. So it'll burn you. Eek indeed. I saw one of those and I was like animal. Yeah, I mean, they're, you probably did. <laughs> Which could explain why they're almost naked. The letter from Wilf is used as a, as a backdrop to the whole story. 
And when we read John Adams's letters, because John Adams was real, Charlie wasn't real. Real, he was just used mm -hmm. to examine the war. Uh, you know, you can imagine John's brother Jimmy asking those same questions. Anyway, like, I, yep. I bet you after the war, um, what you call wealth or something, bet wished he he didn't want to go. Probably with maturity, because you know, I suppose we all seek to have adventure mm -hmm. and it seems to be a great adventure and i think all oh, the great will be will be with our mates we'll have food we'll have clothes we'll have a decent shelter mm -hmm. but they have more of a risk of getting killed yeah um, very much so i mean what what type of thing i mean this is just a story but it helps us to understand through the look of the story I mean, if you look at the pictures here, it, I mean, it does show crowded trench. Mm -hmm. The men, people being killed by the machine gun fire. And later on, it does show there, there is an episode where it has got the horses, the cavalry. And that's later on. The last cavalry charge the British Army ever made was during the Battle of the Somme in September of 1916. Mm -hmm. Is that whole thing, like, full of those? The, 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 what? The title of Charlie's War with yeah. the backwards S for the Charlies. I I don't know. I think it's just to show that it's. Funky. I don't think it's meant to be funky. I think it's meant to be just. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Is it meant to show that the childishness or, or the youth of Charlie? Is it to show his ill education that he can't write properly? Maybe it's because. You know the way you can get different writing on the computer. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that. Not too sure. I don't. I, this was written in the seventies, so I'm not too sure they had many computers in the seventies. Ah. But the thing, the thing that I want to draw out of this for you two is: how do we remember the First World War? What should we be doing to remember the First World War? I mean, reading comics, great. The little poppy thing. Every year in November, there's Poppy Day. Some some oh, cars still have them on, even though it's bad. The 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month. And do you know why it's 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month? Is that when most men died? No, it's actually when the peace treaty was signed. Armistice. The peace treaty. Never heard of Basically, the Germans surrendered on the 11th hour. It was announced a couple of days before the end of the war. That's when the war would end. Some soldiers just stopped fighting then. Others, other officers decided, no, we will fight on to the very end, even though peace would come. So some people died needlessly. So it's basically November the 11th, mm -hmm. um, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Um, and you'll find lots of wee services around war memorials and that's another thing there are war memorials all around uh, Britain and there's ones in our church and there's ones in our town and maybe the next time we go walking the dog what we'll do is we'll look at the war memorial and read out loud just a couple of the names every time we go by because mm -hmm. you know we we shouldn't forget these people who sacrificed whether you agree with war or not, I'm sure most people agree that people need to be honoured for the sacrifice they made. Some people sacrificed and didn't come back. Some people sacrificed and did come back and they still lost a lot. Your great-granddad, he could have lost his hand because he was injured in, November, in 
May 1916, and the mm -hmm. hand could have been chopped off, and that would have been him out of the war. But he, his hand survived, and he survived. I think we always have books about from British soldiers' sides, but we never see the other side. About the German side? That's quite an insightful comment. What is insightful we all, we all, Very intelligent. If there's any soldiers, if there's any stories about soldiers in the First World War or even the Second World War, they're always from the British side, none from the German side at all. That's right. Maybe it's because we we live in Britain and then people in Germany might have the German side. It could be a bit of that, but there's a saying that history is written by the victors. In other words, the people who win the war get to write what happened in it. But could somebody not just write in a diary what happened? Well, maybe there's people out there who are listening to us who know of stories. I'm pretty sure there are stories, but there aren't very many of them. Oh, from the German side. Yeah, Germans. let us know either through our email at something something dot com or no, that's I think that's car insurance you're thinking of. But you can contact us through our email at mymarksmess at gmail dot com through our Twitter at something oh, Marksmess <laughs> podcast without the T or on our. Um, Facebook Funkypedia.com Or on our Facebook no, Mark I don't know what it is but Mark's, Mark's Mess Podcast <laughs> Mark's Mess Podcast.blogspot.com UK Something something You'll find it and um, our What about our Facebook um, Just Mark's Mess just Mark's, Mark's Mess Podcast. podcast. No, what about saying it without me saying it over so I can edit this out? <laughs> Mark's Med Post. Mark's Mess Podcast. <laughs> no, she said Mark's Med Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Contact us through Facebook at by searching for. <laughs> I think you need to Mar do that Mar again. Find us on Facebook. But you can contact us on Facebook by searching for Mark's Med Pot. <laughs> Try again. Mark's Mess Podcast with the T. With the T. Uh, that's great. And thanks to Josh Woodward of joshwoodward.com for our opening uh, music. Okay, usually we end with some of Josh Woodward's music, but instead, because of the topic, we're going to finish with a different song that Charlotte and I are singing because I don't really have a good recording of it. Uh, it's from the movie Passion Deal. Passion Deal is a, a battle that happened later on in the war, and it's written by Paul Gross, Goss, who was a star of Due South, you know, the Mounty, Canadian Mounty uh, program. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time where we will be doing the letter D. Goodbye. Goodbye. After the guns are silent, after my wounds have healed, after those crosses have been planted in all those fields, after that long boat ride all the way across the sea, after this dream carries me I will love you 
After my boots dry and tobacco is all but gone Along with all those postcards I've carried under my arm After I remember all the words I could not say After this long night fades away I will love you After the war I love you for always Forevermore I will love you After this blackbird lifts up off my chest After my soul takes its final rest My love, please forgive me For I never planned to die And love, please place two pennies over my eyes